week. I'm back. <laughs> I'm now. back for now. For now. Uh it's it's the B squad today. I'm the B squad. Mixed with the A squad who is always here except for one episode. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I I am just the B squad mixed with the A squad. Morning. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen House Shield. I'm Jackson Russo and I work at the calculator store. Um <laughs> I'll let you guys introduce yourself and what you do in your band. I probably should have introduced your band, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they they clicked they clicked this. They listened to it. They saw the title. Yeah, uh, I'm, that's true. I'm Zach Palmer. Uh, I play guitar and Ray Clone. Uh, that's about all I do. I don't sing or anything. I'm Ash Hill. I play guitar and sing in Ray Clone. I work at the dog medicine store. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a Venn diagram where the calculator store and the dog medicine store <laughs> meet at one point. It's one guy named Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> just a He's single just right point. There. We use calculators for like totaling drugs and shit. So and there it is. Yep, there I'm it trying is. to think of what we would use, though. Oh, well. Yeah, what would you use dog medicine for? I don't know. I'm not that like quick on my feet, so uh, I'll let you know by the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, I still have like a... Calculator testing place where you do like animal testing with calculators. Yeah, I was see, really see worried. If this dog can use this calculator. <laughs> <laughs> the way you stopped for a second, it really worried me. You were about to say the company that I work for, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he knows." I have an idea what it might be, but I won't say it. Well, if you did, I would bleep it out anyways and make it obvious. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um. You're going to have to bleep this too, but when I was in a, a, another band that I used to be in called Anger House, we opened up for a band called <laughs> which you just bleeped, and they actually had to change their name because um, your company sued them, or sent them a cease and desist, rather. That's incredible. Wow. That's I'm great. Talk, yeah, I want to see. I bumped into the, the CEO the other day, so uh, I was looking at my phone, and uh, I was just looking at it, uh, as I do, walking down the hall. I bumped into somebody and I looked up and I was like, that was my fault. I'm going to apologize to this person. My bad. I look up at the CEO. I was like, fuck, of all the people to run into. <laughs> He's a super nice guy, but I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So we have Ray Clone here. Uh, I also am glad you guys said your name because either, even though I was confident it's Ray Clone, uh, it's spelled R-E-I and then clone is spelled clone. I was worried. anyway? People no. <laughs> really struggle with that name, especially when we were on tour. We got REI clone, Rye clone, just any anything but how it's pronounced. Try oh, taking uh, the uh, vowels out of your band's name. <laughs> REI clone? Like yeah. they, they just said the letters? Oh, yes. Like uh the like the <laughs> yes. store. Yeah, no, yeah, uh Rye clone was the most common one, but yeah, we did have there was one guy when we played Crown and Harp, the only time we ever played Crown and Harp. Guy was like introducing REI clone, <laughs> just like that's so incredibly wrong, dude. I played I played uh, Crown and Harp like maybe five times. I never got introduced at all. What the fuck? I don't remember what the situation was yet, but somebody I think it was the sound guy introduced yeah. us. Yeah, I think I've only been introduced once, and we uh, basically there was a social media guy, one of those people who walks around with a. A selfie stick and it's just always like yeah he was he was live streaming on twitch yeah and he was, had like he had like 400 people watching him and it was at south by last year and he uh 
he comes up to us and is like, uh, like we're talking to him about the music, and he's like, wait, so you're in the band that's going to play later? And I'm like, yeah, we play on it this time. He's like, cool, I'm going to walk around. I'm going to come back. And we're like, and he's like, can I introduce you on the live stream? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Who gives a shit? Why not? So like, we, we, we look over as he's introducing us, and he's saying our band name on the, on the mic and the Twitch stream, and the Twitch stream just has our band name just like blowing up. Yeah, you can super see. super weird. Like on one of those live uh, comment sections right, yeah. where, uh-huh. you know, normally it's big racist shit just going down. <laughs> <laughs> it was just our band name. But but of course they were spelling it that wrong, too, because our band name is, is not any better than anybody. It's, it's, it's just it's MNKR. It's right. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> nice plug, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah. This isn't about us. Oh, yeah, man. I'm in the band Minker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That's really good. I stopped getting frustrated by it because I was just like, you know what? As long as they can, they know the name. Like it doesn't matter. I don't care how they pronounce it. And I was trying to come up with like what like M N K R could stand for instead of moniker. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what is that? An anagram or yeah, yeah. an initialism. Yeah, initialism. I yeah. like that. Yes. That's good. Initialism. That's what yeah. Bush would call it. I was trying to come up with stuff like that. Never got it's any an, good ones. It's an acronym if you can say it, such as NORAD. It's an initialism if you have to say the letters individually, like C I A. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Much smarter than us. We've you learned should... something oh, already. I thought you were just making that up. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... I do make up stuff a lot, though. So Stay on your fucking toes, everybody. I'm not actually in a band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find if you say it confidently, that's what matters. Yeah. I had a, a history teacher in college tell me that. They said, uh, like, they were like, when you're presenting, even if you're not 100% confident in uh, what you're saying is fact, say it confidently and... That's that's what's important in real life is say it confidently. And like when I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes sense because people will believe you and more trusting. You're not trying to mislead people. You're just that. And now in a modern age of like just a lot of people lying. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, whoa, and, and that's not good. In a history class? A yeah. class that is based on fact? <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like looking back on it right now, I'm like, oh, fuck. That was that's terrible advice in a history class. <laughs> just yeah. fake it till you make it. <laughs> It's, you can get to be president of the United States with that. Attitude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this guy said it real confidently, so I think that's what got me. Yeah. Social like, commentary. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Rayclone, uh, I think it's safe to say that you guys are shoe gays. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I know it's people. Barely even a real genre. Yeah. Um, we're not even a real band. Oh, honestly. Well, so we have two of you guys here today, but there's a. Two other in the band, uh-huh. correct? Yeah. Yes. So, um, just guitar, bass, drums. Yeah. Singing. Uh huh. Oh, there's two guitars. Two guitars, yeah, yeah. Yeah. bass, drum, singing. Is there is okay. there, there, there are three vocalists in the band, or is it is it, is it two? I thought yeah. I was looking at the Facebook. Me, Zach, and Charlie all sing. Cool. Yeah. Me and Charlie sing more than Zach, but Zach sings, and he has songs that he only sings on that no one else sings on. That's uh, cool. Yeah, we don't play any of them live. Uh, <laughs> uh, mostly because I, I have terrible stage fright as far as singing is concerned. But uh, two of the songs on the new album, Cinnabites and new, uh, Zoom Out, I sing lead on. So, That's cool. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So uh, talking about shoegaze, I mean, I'm sure most people who listen to this other than Hagen's mom know <laughs> what shoegaze is. <laughs> so for Hagen's mom, can you guys... Uh, I can explain it in my own terms, but as I'm not a uh, shoegaze musician... I want to hear what you think that shoegaze is. 
Well, I can give you uh, the actual history behind the name, but uh, basically it's just uh, the way I've always seen it is it's bands who it not they t- tend to be more uh, kind of alt-rock leaning, but they don't have to be. But the shoegaze uh, title comes from there were so many pedals or their performance, uh, the guitarist who was normally a singer, was just staring at their pedal board the whole time. Mm-hmm. And people, I think it was in England, uh, mm-hmm. named it like Shoegaze. Yeah, it was, uh, they, they called it Shoegaze and it was referred to the scene that celebrates itself because uh, there was a lot of people that were kind of uh, uh, snooty. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, um, it's basically just a big wall of sound. That's yeah. what Shoegaze is. It's like very effects heavy. Uh, there tends to be a lot of tambourine. Um, and a, and a lot of shoegaze. I didn't uh, know that until I saw a uh, ride live once, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck, there's a tambourine there." Yeah, you know, and it was funny because uh, the guitarist uh, he had not just one large pedal board; he had one large pedal board in front of him, another one to the left of him, and to the right of him. So he was just in case it was like the Neil Peart yes. of uh, guitar pedals. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them have a separate pedal board just for their vocals. It's yep. nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the I saw um, this shoegaze band called LSD in the Search for God. I saw them live uh, back in October. Uh, no, it was last October. So it was it was a while ago. Uh, but he had three pedal boards as well, and I was just like. That's what I can't even comprehend that. Like I have a huge pedal board. It's like real big. It's like the size of this coffee table. Like just just under the size of this copy, yeah, coffee coffee table. Struck your fucking dick on this podcast. Why don't you? I'm just explaining the size of the pedal board. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> we'll uh, insert a picture here. <laughs> You'll have to figure out what... of Zach's penis. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, uh, but like I I thought mine was like excessive, but this this guy. In- yeah, like you said, encased in pedals, and I just can't. I just my brain can't. Yeah, comprehend that. I they're guess. Uh, not a shoegaze band, but they're an instrumental band. Russian circles. They, oh, yeah. they. It, it's that exact same thing where uh, the bassist, you know, because even in shoegaze bands, the bassist will have a lot of pedals, and sometimes they don't. But this bassist had a lot of pedals. But then on top of that, he had a, a to his right. It was a Moog keyboard that was he had rigged up to be triggered by his feet. That not like he wasn't slamming the keyboard with his feet, but he had somehow rigged it up to where he could trigger certain effects on it through pedals. Effects? Because uh, I know Moog has a has a foot controller f- uh, for bass notes, kind of like it looks like organ pedals. It's called the Taurus. Well. Uh, I, I wasn't close enough to see, but he actually had like a Moog synthesizer. Like it oh. looked like I forgot the brands or the models that they have, but it was actually a Moog synthesizer. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. And there's tons of live session videos. You could probably look them up and figure out where I'm wrong here. But Google it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah. us how Jackson is wrong, please. Email us about it. <laughs> yeah. So Shoegaze, uh, I think it's safe to say, is a... You know, more of an underground scene, if you know whatever you want to take that as. But uh, even... really, just any like emo band that uses like a delay pedal can go on Bandcamp and put shoegaze on yeah. their <laughs> on their fucking Bandcamp. It's a common tag <clears throat> yeah. at this point. Yeah, and even when you're actually like people, you would actually call shoegaze. Even the biggest bands aren't 
too well known. Like the biggest bands I can think of would be Ride and mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentine mm-hmm. and yeah. Slow Dive. Yeah, yeah. And like even those bands, I don't think my parents would know. I don't think you know, but my parents would know Foo Fighters. My parents would know yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, they're so. not they're not like internationally famous, like in the in the sense of like Foo Fighters or like a you know like a Pink Floyd or something like yeah. that. But they are. They are like normally they're they have very cult like following groups yeah. like where they're I mean I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Kevin Shields' setup from My Bloody Valentine but he they, he brings like nineteen amps well, well, on I'll, stage and he has uh, each guitar is for each song right yeah, yeah. like so, that shit well, when I saw that I was like man fuck you so he must be making <laughs> they must be making money on some level but also he played with primal scream he was yeah. so that, i think that's where he made a lot of his money but it's like they got to be making money on some level you know what i mean even though yeah they're uh, obscure quote unquote well i guarantee you uh those big bands that i mentioned like foo fighters uh they probably love like someone like my bloody valentine oh, yeah. so <laughs> it is like even though it is underground like those big musicians a lot of musicians know uh, these bands. Not well, to say that they are musicians' music. Smashing Pumpkins references My Bloody Valentine as an influence a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah Billy, Billy Corgan has said on multiple occasions that MBV is a big influence on him. I could yeah. see that. Um, yeah, I'm still stuck on that whole that Kevin Shields has a guitar for each song. <laughs> yeah. There's, so I didn't even know that. I knew about them. There's a Fender video because he uses Jaguars like mm-hmm. exclusively. Yeah. And um, there's a video that Fender did because of course they're like, fuck yeah, that's our guitar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like 15 minutes long of him explaining his technique with the whammy bar and everything, which I'm not going to get into, but he has a interesting technique of strumming. Um, and uh, yeah, he then talks about, you, he'll have hard shell guitar cases in his home studio and it'll say, you know, like Loomer on it uh, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, which is one of their songs. And it'll, yeah. it'll just have all these like stacks of guitars that are songs. I was like, man, if they have roadies, I feel so bad for that. Oh, yeah. So is, so, is, so is each one a Jag? Is yeah. Each one a, what the fuck? And they're all tuned differently. I think he, he plays a mixture of jags and jazz masters, I think. Okay. But, but yeah, it's it helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, because the jags a little bit of a tinnier sound. It's a little bit more surf yeah. sounding. But yeah, I he I didn't know this the guitar per song thing, but that's horribly annoying. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> it's one of those things. I I it's a nice sentiment, but it's one of those things. Like whenever you hear Jack White talking about like, oh well, I don't have a phone because blah blah blah. And it's like somebody has to stop him and say, you do realize that that's a luxury. Not yeah. everyone right. can do that. And it's like, that's a nice sentiment, but not everyone can do that. I don't know if y'all watch uh, Premier Guitar's rig rundowns at all. All ever. the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen one for John Mayer where he has like 25 guitars that he takes with him on the road. I one. I, I just literally said out loud when I saw that, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> 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 it's it in his case in his case there's something that makes a little more sense about it just because of how, like the the level of like he's just so fucking big and it's he 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 is on that luxury level where it's like he can do it and he's just that kind of tool where he also will just be like yeah fucking do it yeah but uh i mean i don't i don't know i i, I just can't fucking believe that shit like yeah. i'm not, like like talk, talking about like the neil pert drum setup i hate that shit i fucking <laughs> hate it it's like i hate watching him circle around in that fucking thing it's it looks so <laughs> I, like Neil Peart's a good drummer, but why? Is he what the, the f- one who has one arm? 
No, no that's no, the no, drummer no. for for Def Leppard. Yeah, I can't tell if that was a joke. <laughs> Say that it was, so it'll look stupid. <laughs> I'll bleep me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it, so even though all those examples we just used, those are stadium bands. Like, yeah, the biggest. I, I personally think My Bloody Valentine is the biggest shoegaze band, and that that's up for discussion. Yeah. But uh, most well-known, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. They're not playing stadiums. At most, no. they're playing festivals, but uh, when they're just playing headlining shows, they're playing like clubs. And when I say clubs, like probably somewhere like the size of Trees or Canton Hall. Yeah, I don't know. They, I've never played, seen them. They but... play larger larger venues. They're, they're bigger in England than they are over here. Yeah. So they've played some pretty some pretty big festivals over there. Yeah. Uh, not so much here, no. I will say the last time I knew they came through Dallas, they did play, I think, Nokia. Okay. Wow. Well, that, that that's a pretty big place. Yeah. Uh, that's, but that's, but that's, egg on that, my face. That's still that's still less. I, I mean, like I guess it's it's close to close to arena, but it's not like totally like it's not like totally an arena. It's not yeah. like American Airlines yeah. Center or shit like that. They always play play like select dates in the U.S. They don't play like a full full coverage type tour because they know that people will come from all over. The, yeah. Like we had a friend, uh, was Garrett yeah, went to Chicago to see. Yeah, them. they play the big cities like Chicago yeah. and, and New Dallas. York. Yeah, and, and New York. Yeah. yeah, and all that sort of stuff. So it's like they play the the big the places that they know they're going to get a big crowd. Um, and people will come from all over to see them. Yeah, because I'm not going to fly to Kansas City to see my favorite band. Oh, yeah. But if no. someone's <laughs> saying like, "Oh, they're in Chicago," it's like, "Well, I can make a trip out of that." Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, I can go to Chicago and see MBV and get a pizza, and then I can fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so with uh, it's harder to fuck off from Chicago than you think it is. <laughs> we almost died trying to that's, do it. That's true. Yeah. Well, hold up, guys. We'll talk (laughs) about that later. Um, With, uh, you know, shoegaze comes the inlet. Like, when I'm trying to buy uh, uh, gear, that's the word. (laughs) When I'm trying to buy gear, I find myself uh, focusing a lot on guitars. And uh, do you guys find yourself focusing a lot on pedals? Mm, More on amps for me. Yeah. It took me a long time to find the right amp it took me a long time to find the right guitar but now that those are set i'm i'm pretty i don't think about it as much anymore as i do like new pedals yeah i we switch out pedals a lot i mean we we like try out new pedals all the time like we're changing pedals on the board a lot uh but pretty much we the thing that we were looking for the most is amps and guitars like i've i've been playing the same guitar since rayclone started i've been playing a, a fender jag for the whole time we've been a band uh, but Ash and I have gone through so many amps, like so many amps. Uh, I I mean, at one point we were playing like a wall of amps. We That's when we first started out. We had a huge wall of just a whole bunch of stuff. The biggest setup I had was I had a stereo setup that was a, a Vox AC30 on top of a Super Bassman, which was on top of a 215. So fuck. we can get you a picture of this, by the way. I yeah, I know you mentioned pictures earlier. Yeah, yeah, we'll take anything. It's, that's that's close to my ideal setup. I have an orange and a Vox AC15 that I'm trying to figure out how to mash them together. I liked that setup, and it was ungodly loud. 
It was the loudest fucking thing you've ever Wall of sound, baby. Friends, Donovan Ford said it almost made him throw up. Yeah, he said he got <laughs> physically ill. This is a guy who was in uh, Echo Tone, one of the loudest bands that Denton has ever known. A, yeah. ba- a band so loud that sh- it shook light fixtures off of walls. And he said, yeah, I was standing in front of your amp the whole night, and I almost threw up. I, I got physically ill. I almost blacked out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a couple of bands like that. There, uh, I saw Heavy Baby Sea Slugs at a house show once, and uh they put their bass amp right on the wall it was a massive bass amp and i'm leaning on the wall i wasn't trying to get in the thick of it i was just leaning on the wall trying to watch the music and like as soon as he started playing the bass the wall was right like i felt my teeth shaking and i was like (laughs) okay well i can't be on this wall anymore (laughs) just like like trying to vibrate the house it was out of the foundation yeah Yeah. um yeah but i mean more or less actually now ash and i both play the same amp uh, which is interesting. We play uh, Music Man HD 130s. Okay. Uh, just because good amount of headroom, they're loud, and uh, they take pedals well, so it's just like we don't have to think about it too much. I'm real particular about my speakers. Yeah. I've gone through... I haven't gone down that route yet. Oh, good. Don't. I'm scared. Oh. Yeah, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> no, it's bad. I've used a handful of different speakers and combinations of speakers and... Right now, I'm kind of settled on the Celestian Creambacks are my favorite. That's what I've heard. They're kind of full range e kind of speakers. Yeah. Yeah. I've debated on looking into the Celestian, but uh, same thing of like, I'm just so scared I'm going to get in a gear hole as I keep finding myself. We we were for a while. Uh, We were were stuck in a gear hole where we're just like, nothing sounds perfect. Uh, we're just gonna try everything. Uh, Ash had a period where, like, in one year, you went through like what it was like eight amps or eight or nine. Amps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I started off with that. The first amp that I was using was that acoustic B six hundred H. The very that was the very first mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. Then I was using that like tube preamp tube hybrid harky thing that you had. Right. Yeah. You're using a bass amp. Uh, you used a bass amp for a while. I'm going to go through all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you guys know. And can we have pictures of this each one? The rig right I now. Bet, I bet we can find them. Yeah, we can probably they're, find they're, a picture of every single one. They're, they're, they're in the world. We'll do our best. <laughs> After that, Zach gifted me this um, Univox right, tube bass that. head. Um, I think we sold that before our first tour to have tour money or something. I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, we did. Um. Then after that, what was after that? Oh, was it was that the Dual Showman? Yes, I. Dual Showman. I went back to the Harky for a little bit, and then I got this Dual Showman, but it wasn't like a traditional one. It was a red knob Dual Showman that Rivera and Fender collaborated on in the eighties. So it was a Dual Showman plus a gain channel. Yeah. Damn. It actually sounded really yeah, good. That Those was a red knob amp. amps get like a lot of bad reputation, a lot of bad rep, but it sounded really good. Yeah, it was a really great amp, and I think people should know more about the dual, the red knob dual showman because it's a really good amp. It's a head version of the Evil Twin. Yeah, uh, amps, or I guess is what they're colloquially referred to as, yeah. um, or the Twin. Yeah, um, which is just the red knob version of the Twin Reverb. Yeah, is when they get weird with it. That's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I didn't like the way that it took my gain pedal, so I I, I traded that for this Rockmaster. It's the Rockmaster, I think. Oh, actually, the Rockmaster came before the Showman. Okay, I had yeah. a PV Rockmaster, 
Um, I don't know what I, I don't know why I got rid of that one. That's actually a really good app. Um, <laughs> then I, I traded the red knob showman to my friend Ryan Shevsky for this um, Earth. Yeah, Earth brand. It was basically a clone of a some Fender amp. Um, yeah, it was. I I can't remember what it was. It was. I think it was also like a twin type amp. Yeah, it was. A, not a showman. It was some. Yeah, a bandmaster. Yeah, it was a bandmaster. Yeah, bandmaster clone essentially. Yeah, and then um, oh, you had that Marshall too. You had two. Didn't you have two? I Marshall? tried out two Marshalls. One yeah. broke that I really liked actually, and then one I just kind of got sick of it. Um, this I, is so many amps. Yeah, it's a lot of amps. I'm Listen. lost. <laughs> Uh, and then it was the the Roadmaster, which is the one you've had. I yeah, yeah, I looked for the Roadmaster the whole time that I was going through these amps. So I wanted a PV Roadmaster because um, I really love sucking on Thurston Moore's balls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Roadmaster lasted the longest. Yeah, the, Road, um, the Roadmaster was like probably a year or something like yeah. that. I think. Yeah, I had a HD one fifty and a Roadmaster together for a long time. Not like in stereo, just I had them both. Just like one of those backup amp for the other one, um, but the HD one hundred and fifty had a problem where like it was always on, so I had to unplug it to turn it off, and it like it was like a, a combo that someone turned into a head and had all these splinters and shit on it. So every time I picked it up, it stabbed my hand. So I got rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then the trainer. You had the trainer. Yeah, uh, I tried out a, a trainer YSR one for a little bit. Um, I really loved that amp, but it was non-master, so it was impossible to control how loud or quiet it was. It was horribly That loud. sounds like a bad amp. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it sounded good. It was just, oh, it sounded it was just, really good. Yeah. I also I almost, think you guys are making stuff up now. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. This is I all true. I swear, this is all stuff that we've actually gone through. Yeah. I actually liked the trainer sound-wise the most. I just couldn't really, I, I couldn't put a saddle on it, so... Um, now I'm with the HD 130, which is it's been great. I love it. I'm still looking for older PV amps, so who knows down the road stereo setups are a possibility. If you want to donate your uh, PV amp, <laughs> uh, Ray Clone has a Facebook page. You can message them, please. We, yeah, we we want them. You guys, Here. you guys like Line Sixes? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't hate Line Sixes. Like. It oh, no. They have it their place. On which one it is. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> they have they have their place in the music world. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. Yeah. See, gear is just one of those things that's just like uh, it, it. It's so dangerous and scary. And every time I start to like look at everything I want and everything that I like, I I just I I just stop. And I, I'm finally at the point where I have two drum sets that I use. And I switch them out, and I have enough gear where I can leave stuff set up at home, take stuff out to the gigs, and I don't have to keep tearing everything down. And I'm still just like, ah, oh, but I could buy this, and I could buy this, and I could buy <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, it's never this. ending. And I, what what I decided, or what I like, should have done, is I should never have started fucking playing drums. And I should have <laughs> yeah. just stayed a fucking singer in college yeah. and never like that was the best part about being a singer in college is I just watched these fucking morons carrying the <laughs> giant tubas around and I'm like I, it's right here in bitch. My, my instrument's right fucking here already I'm gonna carry shit but now I have to carry drums everywhere so fucking I'm an I'm an I'm the asshole now yes what, you are <laughs> I think the thing that sucks worse about the gear hole is that you I guess a lot of people who aren't musicians probably hear this kind of stuff and they're like, well, why don't you just test it out before you buy it? It's like, that's 
a lot easier said than done. You can't really go to music stores anymore and like just like pick up pedals because they're just gonna have a volume pedal, a tuning pedal, and a big muff. So it's also just it's, like <laughs> also it's like hearing it in context yep. with the band that you're in and playing it on your guitar. Yeah, because yeah. there's like it it feels completely different. And if you're playing on not your amp, like you have to have your full setup for it to really be in context. Yeah, you know and what I mean? you know amps. And guitars, even though you may have the same guitar, two people may have the same guitar, it can sound different just based on when it was made in the week or just what type, uh, when it was made, That just that kind of stuff. And uh, amps, they don't stay the same as when you bought them. The more you play on them, the more you kind of, you know, get more grit out of them. Right. However, you know, yeah. things you, change. You dial them in and all that sort exactly. of thing. Exactly. Right. Jackson, where's the gear hole? Uh, it's <laughs> right next to the B hole. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I've only ever seen that one. You'll Just find the it. it. It's very close. Very close? Yes. All right. I'll take a look when I get home. It almost <laughs> seems like the same hole. Yeah. It, it, it's it's almost the same. Like is it is like so like small next to it. It looks like it could it could also be the B hole. Yes. Oh yeah. so, I see. Yeah, I see. You're pretty tall, uh, so you may not have to do this, but you can get up on like a little stepladder and turn around in the mirror and bend over and you might be able to see the gear hole. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come back uh, next episode and let everybody know. Do you guys want me to cut that out? <laughs> no, nothing that's been said so far. Do you need to cut that except out? Except for, <laughs> I don't care. I'm gonna make you work. <laughs> I'm not gonna make you work. That's fine. I'm just gonna say that nothing except for <laughs> needs to be cut out. I gotta go online and find some nice bleeps. <laughs> no, dude, just 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 just, just use the the metalocalypse pinch harmonics. That's good. Yeah, I see or that you like... work at. <laughs> I see your. Uh... <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot. I wasn't even trying to do it that time. Uh, I was just gonna mention that we've been like kind of in a small way talking shit about. <laughs> I said it again. Oh my god. But so the thing the thing is is that 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 has happened so many times on this podcast. People talk shit where I work because it's easy to do with when you're around musicians. So it's just, I mean, like I I'm not gonna say whether or not I like working there right now, but uh, it's a job. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna switch our companies, and so they'll say I work at blank and you work at blank. I uh I think, and I'm not really gonna contribute anything here, but I do think that maybe the bleep should be clown honks. Yeah, I, I may vary it up. Just give everybody a little auto tune, and, and 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 you could just keep you could, <laughs> and you could just keep you could bring the air horn back too. No, that's ah, fuck lame. you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you guys want to talk about your music a little bit? Yeah. So that's why we're here. I and this isn't maybe all shoegaze, but it, it's definitely on not all your music, but a lot of it. This is a huge thing I like about shoegaze, and I like this about music with uh in a foreign language is. Uh, the the instruments can be so loud sometimes in the mix on purpose. Not you know this isn't like oh we don't have enough room for the vocals to be clear, but it's nice. You just get kind of the harmonies. You can hear the 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 melody of the the vocals, but the the lyrics themselves are not always audible. Is that something that like as a shoegaze band you guys do on purpose, or is it just it kind of comes with it naturally? Because it comes with the territory. I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you always, I mean, this most recent album, uh, I did all the recording and the mixing on it. Um, so I was trying to actively make the vocals just a bit more present because 
uh charlie which she sings lead on a lot of the songs she's such a great singer i don't want to bury her too much you know what i mean and it's the same way that like like i don't want to bury vocals too much i want them to kind of like have a pocket where they exist uh because like i I feel like it it, vocals and shoegaze should be kind of the same level as everything but i don't think they should be buried necessarily you know what i mean they should be kind of on par with all the blended drums right the the blended they should be blended they should have just enough reverb to make it interesting (laughs) you know what i mean um but i mean this is also like the first uh release that we've had where we've put lyrics to every single song on on the the actual band camp like we have we've had like inserts and stuff that have lyrics but now we're like trying to make it clear hey this is what we're actually saying i appreciate (laughs) you for that i like that when people do that um I try to always put up lyrics for stuff. Yeah. We yeah. also actually put a booklet in the physical CDs too, which we feel like people don't do as much anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. So you guys said that, you know, you have three vocalists, you know, mainly just two, but you know, there's a lot of the harmonies between the uh, male and female voice, which I personally, I think that's just something that it's hard to match that with, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, vocal ranges, but the, that it that comes a lot with shoegaze and i'm not quite sure why but it, there's bands like my bloody valentine where that's like a distinct sound for them right i feel like it doing that or harmonies in general just makes the vocals sound more blended and sound more a part of the music rather than like a separate right. thing it's it's easier to make distinctive harmonies when you have two different types of voices i think yeah. uh especially when it's you know especially when they're just naturally in different registers yeah i think it's just a lot easier to do better harmonies that blend better uh when you do it like that so i think that's why the shoegaze like aesthetic is normally a male and a female vocalist harmonizing mm-hmm. together it's just because it it creates another wall vocally of sound yeah um, because uh, and for the untrained ear, I could see someone listening to shoegaze guitar sounds and just think, well, this is just nothing. I can't hear a chord. <laughs> yeah. I can't hear notes. But, you know, once you listen to it more and even just watch somebody playing it because you can see what they're doing and you can see what's happening and you can kind of better understand it. Whereas in a recording, you're just like, well, maybe that's not guitar. Maybe it is because sometimes it doesn't even resemble a guitar, which is pretty cool. My friend Zachary Ryan, when we were talking music one time, said something about shoegaze that I've always remembered, where he says, um, shoegaze kind of has this power where it can just drop a layer or drop some layers, and all of a sudden it's a different world, and it's opened up a whole new kind of texture or um, sound. Yeah. And just the dynamics of just like dropping and adding layers kind of, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Um well, you talk you talk a lot about uh, about blending. So when you when you guys going back to gear for a second, but still on the this this idea of creating a sound, a wall Hagen, of sound. We got out of the gear. Don't bring it back up. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm getting I'm getting in the gear hole again. So you're uh, fingering the gear hole. Yeah, fingering the yeah. No, it's a, I'm 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 gonna I'm about to fist the gear hole. Um, so uh, hey, Hagen's mom. Yeah, hi, mom. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Blending vocally is is a hard thing, no matter what you have. I mean, if 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 one person is singing uh, ah and then one person is singing ah, you, you're fucked, right? I mean, it's like you're not blended, especially in a situation where, like you said, you don't want the vocals to necessarily stick out. You want them to be just with everything, right? So the 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 question mainly in my head is, blending vocals is hard enough. 
you also have to blend guitar sounds and bass sounds because we play in a trio with he's plays guitar and we have a bass player with no pedals and I play drums real loud. We're fucking fine. Uh, but when you have all those, everybody has pedals to deal with. You have to like, do you, do you all sit down with each other's pedals in rehearsal and go like, cool, let's figure out exactly how to do this or does everybody just do it on their own? Uh, well, it's funny cause we used to be a five piece. Uh-huh. We used to have an electric violinist and he uh-huh. had pedals too. Um, the thing is, is like when we started writing stuff and we started playing together a lot, uh, we just kind of naturally blended together because the the thing is, is we kind of, it's kind of that old country mixing sort of thing. Everything is compartmentalized where Ash was basically taking up like the middles. I was taking up high mids and the violin was taking up the highs and then the bass of course is on the bottom and then the drums are just kind of the beat. Right. So it kind of naturally felt, uh, fell into that category. And now basically without a violinist, we just don't have the extra highs. And I've been playing like some more like soaring lead type stuff because I have that range now to do that. Right. Uh, So it's, it's just kind of the thing where we kind of felt it out. Yeah. And um, it actually wasn't that hard, but I think it's because we understood the genre. Right. You know what I mean? Because, because blending in general is, is honestly it, 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 like when you're in the studio trying to find the right tone, obviously takes forever trying to find the right drum sounds can take forever. But if you can, if you can find a way to make it all blend, whether it be live or what in the mix or however, I've seen that take, I've seen that take so long. I've seen people do, I've seen people like make country records and sit there and just like painstakingly go over this, like one fucking note in a guitar solo. And it's like, what? Like like, fucking move on. Uh, but like, yeah, move on from country. (laughs) Please. In a, in, in, in a band like, like, like you guys, like a shoegaze band, it seems like the, the the levels would just be so like, it's, it's instead of like obsessing over one note in a guitar solo, you're obsessing about, like I like, like all the gear and then you're still playing music. So you have to obsess about the playing and it just, it just dynamics seems like, are really m- most important to me. Yeah. That makes sense. That's the, that, that's, that's the like, uh, usually the right answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Normally we have the tone down. It's the uh-huh. dynamics that are the tricky thing. Uh, because especially when we had like walls of amps, because it was like, how do you get that much amp to be quieter? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I mean, reamping helps uh, right. when you're when you're recording. Because we we did a lot of reamping on the record on the on the newest album, uh, where it's basically just like, I would I would have something and I would say that's good, but how can I you know make it kind of stick a little bit more sure. and I would take you know I'd take a DI signal and kind of reamp it and stuff like that it, it, as far as recording is concerned it's it's easier than you would think es- especially when we've been at that point you know we've been doing it for three years and we totally. kind of know what we want yeah. uh, so I, I don't know live it's just you gotta play a lot <laughs> yeah totally you know well you have to you have to do that in most cases in any band to like understand what you should be doing live but you know like I said what the, 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 the place that I'm usually in of of who has what kind of gear and how many people are on stage, et cetera, et cetera. Blending is usually just like a, you know, we'll, it's pretty easy. You know, it's not, yeah. it's, not, it's not a lot going on. The, there, there have been cases where I've been on stage with like, you know, a horn section and strings and stuff like that. And it's like, I, it, it's, I'm playing drums in a folk band. I'm already quiet. Let them be loud. It's fine. But I was going to say ska, but <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Nope. Nope, yeah. it's a folk Shh, band. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when you have that much gear uh, on stage or recording, um, they, they they really become their own instrument at some point. Um, we did mention uh, y'all's music, but we didn't uh, mention 
uh, the album's name or anything like that. It just came out in February, right? Yeah. It, uh-huh. It's called um, Greetings from Somewhere. Um, is y'all second LP or it, it? Y'all have stuff coming first back from like LP. 2015. Our first LP, yeah, yeah, okay. it's, it's it's what we would consider our first full length. Although a lot of people said Wet was our first full length. Yeah, that's um, where because that's what like seven, eight songs. It's seven songs, but it's only twenty four minutes. Yeah. so it's not. We would consider that an EP. <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's what we called it. We called it our second EP. Uh, Greetings is only thirty seven minutes long, but it, it, we would say that's a full length for yeah. us. Well, regardless, y'all have had music dating <laughs> back to like twenty fifteen. Yeah. So th- there's uh, a good amount of stuff that people can go back and listen to. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we'll obviously link to all of that. But um, the album sounds great, by the way. You did, you, you did the whole thing. You did, you I, I did all the mixing it. and the recording, and then uh, Michael Briggs mastered it. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, I did all the all the mixing and the sounds mix. great. And yeah, thank sounds you. Really, that, I that, appreciate that was, it. That was that was that was the first thing I noticed when I was listening to it. Is I was like, wow, this like this sounds really well put together. Uh, yeah. I uh, yeah, it was the first full length record I've ever done. That's awesome. Uh, I've recorded my own music for like 10 years, but that was the first like full length project. I was just like, okay, it was a lot of work. That's a whole nother <laughs> yeah. gear hole. We could get into well, talking about recording. Oh, oh yeah. But yeah. we're not going to because, <laughs> because, because I'm, I, I'm an asshole. Every time I listen to a local band, my first thought is like, let's see. Cause I, I, I can't stand like, low production quality because you don't like because just 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 because you're a local band or you just want to put something out there it's like cool put something out there but spend the time make it sound good otherwise what are you doing yeah because when you're gone that's what will be there yeah yeah the music and so and so that was so like whenever i listen to a local band i'm like let's see production and if michael briggs touched it it's gonna be good yeah and but 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 since you recorded and mixed it that's awesome that's it sounds it really sounds good yeah, uh, yeah. Him, him and I talked a lot about gear and like recording techniques when we were doing it. Uh, he de- he definitely helped me out a lot in trying to figure out like where I need to probably be heading like direction wise. But it's, I mean, yeah, it was all it was all just me kind of like sitting in my room for hours and hours and just like, no, that needs about three percent more treble. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Wake up in a cold sweat thinking about the snare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, the snare was the biggest pain for yeah, it always pretty much is. the whole record. It always it's the fucking worst thing in the world. And the snare sounds different on every song. That's the <laughs> thing. It sounds completely different on every song, but I'm just yeah, like because you have to like tune a snare just like a guitar. Exactly. So it's yeah. different every day. Yeah, and it was mul- it was a lot of different sessions. And yep. oh the drums were all done in the same place, but they were done in multiple sessions and the drums in the mics were in different places like every time. So it was the like the drums were done over like five sessions, I think five or six sessions and uh some of the one song zoom out has double tracked drums so oh, that's it's cool drums on left there was and right one now. song that didn't even make it onto the album that i made you guys redo yeah it was also double tracked oh it was triple tracked actually. oh my god that one it, one that didn't make it on the album then will probably make it on a b-side something is it's got drums on the left drums on the right and it's got a separate track for just fills <laughs> yeah that's interesting i want to yeah. hear that that one is uh it's a huge pain in the ass <laughs> uh question question i ask every band especially if they release a new album did you do it to a click yes yeah yeah i feel like shoegaze you kind of have to like there's uh, probably so much going on we effects actually, wise yeah we actually didn't start doing to a click until our second ep uh our first ep was done live and then the only song on the second ep that had a click was saria and that's because it had like a delayed thing that was like a rhythm that you had to have a click to. 
Uh, but otherwise, we weren't using a click until basically uh, this album. <laughs> yeah. What 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 made you switch? Just like the because like with a live record, because he, he was about. having to do it now. He wanted it to be easier. <laughs> yeah, part of it was that I was doing it, and and also that I knew I would have to do some drum editing because I wanted to do double track drums. That gotcha. I decided if it's to a click, it's going to be a lot easier to do drum editing. So oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's that that it's. It's just always so interesting to hear that I, I ask everybody what they think about clicks, and it's it's always so interesting to hear both sides because live is just so fun. But then every time I listen back to a live recording, I'm like, "Fuck, that's that's just so it's, off. It's, <laughs> it's eating at me. That one <laughs> yeah. Tiny rush right there. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. So the album came out in February, and uh, you guys went on a tour pretty mm-hmm. soon after, and you just got back at the beginning of March, right? Right. Yeah. All right. So that brings me into Turisters. Toasters. Uh, that's tour stories for it's anyone. Toy stories. Yeah, toy stories. You said toasters. Yeah, like the ska We're band. We're gonna talk about your favorite toasters. That is not a ska band. Um, I like the Craftsman. Does it mean Cra- Craftsman makes toasters, right? Uh, <laughs> By the way, there's a on the. I, I don't think I've ever talked about this on here, but there's a um, uh, an appliance store on the square here in Denton, uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, when you walk by it, there's uh, on a uh, like an, a washing machine um, a, with it, and it's got this big sign on it that says "Rated Number One by Women." And I was just like, "Well, there's a lot to unpack on that <laughs> yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. What are you implying?" Yeah. Yeah. So, man, who did you ask? Yeah. And why did you Every only woman. ask women? Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> Every known woman. Yeah. Answered that survey. Yeah. So 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 tour stories. Yeah, the uh, highs and lows. I think you just say my favorite toaster, <laughs> Black and Decker. Oh, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I prefer a toaster oven in general. So. I, I'm old school. I, I just, agree. I yeah. use a barbecue grill. Is that all to right. toast like your bread? Yeah, that's that, that's why he wakes up. I at typically five in the go raw with my toast. <laughs> raw toast. <laughs> <laughs> So, tour stories. Uh, yeah, so give us your give us your high and your low. Uh, either 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 one first doesn't matter. I had high? to stop them before the show. Uh, I let them know. I let all the bands know beforehand that, about tour stories, so they're not taken off guard. And uh, I had to stop them from talking about the stories. Oh, so, right. okay, let's start with the low uh, because you you me? have a great one. Like you, I have, have the lowest. The fucking, lowest because it's. And it, just and it was the yeah. first night. It was the lowest point for for, it was for our me. First at night least. of this tour that we just came off of in Austin. It's always it's always the the first night. I've, I've, the show was great. It's just after the show. <laughs> it was a good show. It was a good crowd. We made some money. We sold some some merch. Um, Where'd you play? Uh, Beerland in yeah. Austin. I love cool Beerland. Um, so uh, we played our set. I was invited to go home with a lady. I said yes. Um, it was me and our, our tour photographer, Blake. Um, and I'm going to change the names or not mention them just to protect the, those involved. Um, except for Blake. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Blake. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Blake. I love you, Blake. Um, so we get to her place. I thought she was going to take me to her room. But she starts blowing up this mattress, just this blow up mattress in like the middle of like her living room next to the kitchen. It's a very small apartment. Um, I thought that was going to be for Blake, but it was for us. Um, so 
And then Blake was sleeping on the couch like five feet away. So my first thought was to tell tell this nice young lady, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to fuck you. Um, Blake's right there. I don't want, we'll just cuddle and go to sleep. That's fine. I'm, this is weird. Yeah. I don't want to fuck you next to Blake, even though he did say it was okay. I don't want to, I just don't want to. Um, <clears throat> so um, I don't get much sleep because the, uh, uh, the mattress is deflating as we're laying on it. And it got to a point where it's just flat on the ground. It was, it was, it was terrible. It was awful sleep experience for me. But I finally did get to sleep, technically, but was almost instantly woken up um, to the noise of this girl, other girl, her roommate, who was blackout drunk, um, slumbering out of her room. And I look over and I watch her and then I see Blake and Blake can't make mouth sounds yet. So he's just pointing and like... At this girl, and I'm like, I, uh, I um, then see her proceed to um, take down her pants and, and disrobe. <laughs> and then there's a coffee table with some of Blake's stuff on it, some of my stuff on it. Um, and it's like wood with like glass in the middle of it, kind of like your coffee table. Um, no picture will be provided. No, we don't, we don't have... <laughs> You guys can get a picture of your coffee table for reference. It looks that's too hard. It looks close. Um, so um, I see her ass at the coffee table, which has a mixture of mine and Blake stuff on it. She then starts pissing all <laughs> over this, all over this coffee table. Um, oh my god! And Blake is like ah, 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 and I I turn over and I pretend to be back asleep. <laughs> Blake's That's an gra- appropriate reaction. A very kind reaction, by the way. Blake's grabbing our shit off the table and he's moving it over. He doesn't want to get pissed on it. Um, and then uh, he wakes up the the nice young lady that I was with and she fucking grabs her by the ear, essentially, and like is like, get the fuck back in your room. Like, we're going, like, what are you doing? And like, takes her back to her room. Um... And then you can't make this shit up. You really can't. And then she just with like barehanded, like with paper towels, cleans the coffee table. Oh my god! Just like in a rush, she's just like, man, this is so embarrassing. She's just rushing to get everything back in its place. This hasn't happened in a long time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she was just trying her best to like make you know things right. Um, but Blake has a bit of a mouth on him. Um, so he, he gets back up. He's like, Hey, uh, honey, you going to spray that with something or <laughs> did you guys have pee on your stuff? No. Lucky um, you. Oh, I, I, no, <laughs> not her pee. Not, not, not this time. Um, ask me later with consent. Hell yeah. Let's, let's go, let's go nuts in this context. No. <laughs> Uh, um, so, 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 so this girl, I, I assume she thought that it was the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. She was yeah. so blacked out. Did y'all just like head out that, uh, that morning, like immediately? Oh, I woke up again. Okay, so there's a more pee happens, but this is different. <laughs> You're losing your mind over there, buddy. Well, hear me out. It's a little different. So she what? 
the, the, the girl who's drunk makes her way back to the bathroom, which is like through her bedroom. Um, Blake gets up because he has to pee. Can't find a place to do it. So he... He's like, well, she did it on the table. <laughs> I thought it was okay. <laughs> he actually had a gallon, like an empty gallon jug. And I guess the girl that I was with was out smoking a cigarette or something. He's in the kitchen peeing in this jug. Um, she walks back and he's like, yeah, sorry, homegirl's in the bathroom. So I just, I got to do it somewhere. And I laid awake on the deflated mattress for another hour. The sun comes up. I nudge Blake awake. I'm like, hey, we let's go. Let's get out of here. Um, Please, let's leave. Luckily, <laughs> well, after that, it was impossible to get out after that because we finally get our shit together. We're, we're getting out of there. We're going to meet our friend Alex at a place. Um, and they had a marathon like in Austin, like just yeah, like a whole marathon. That's right, yeah. And like they had like, all streets, all exits from this neighborhood, but one. So we spent like almost an hour trying to get out of this neighborhood. We get to one side of the street, fucking marathon runners, another side marathon runners. We were so mad by the time we <laughs> managed to get out of it was the fucking city. the neighborhood we needed to get into that had the taco place that we wanted to go to was completely blocked off by these fucking runners. And I was so pissed off. I was like, I never want to run in my life again, ever. I don't want to see somebody run. I don't want to hear somebody talk about running. I'm tired of this. No Mel Gibson movies for you. Yeah. Or no, Tom Cruise. That's who does the running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Fucking up my celebrities today. Um, it's okay. I was so mad that me and our Domingo, our drummer, stood outside where they were running, smoking cigarettes, watching them. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get close enough to blow the smoke in their face, but... Wait, so... so, so wait, so... Uh, we, got, we, got, we gotta back up. What happened to the other pee? What happened to the pee in the jug? I... Actually, you polished it off. <laughs> cannot confirm where it ended up. It could still be there. It could still be in her apartment. Oh, did you just leave the jug there. That's <laughs> I don't. I can't say that he did or he didn't. Maybe he emptied it out. I don't know. I was. I hey, didn't, hey, I didn't is, this, is this your pee jug? <laughs> no, this ain't my pee jug. My pee jug's over there. <laughs> no, I pee on the table. <laughs> I use jugs. Come on, dude. Pee jug. I use carafes. <laughs> so that's the pee that's carafe. the low. Um, well, the pee jug. Idea, I guess, came from he's he was in another another band before called Just Another Monster. They were a horror punk act, and they had a tour where apparently they had some long drives, and that's kind of why he had the idea to keep the pee jug on him, just in case me or oh, him. It was actually a pee jug. It yeah. wasn't like oh, I just was had a for, gallon and was I was drinking. Water. It, 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 it was brought with with the intent of like. If we're on the road, we can't stop somewhere. The, we can piss in this jug. Incredible. The real question is though, did he have a poop pail? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> <laughs> can i get a high what's a tour high jesus fucking christ oh man um oh uh the high i feel like the high for me at least was that atlanta house show oh, that was definitely the height of the tour that was a no, good show that was our last show of tour so we um we rolled up to this house in atlanta called pine walk uh and they're like yeah you're gonna load into the basement Mm. And we never, I don't think we never played a basement show up to that point. It was somehow something that missed us entirely. And uh, this was our only, um, this is our second house show on tour because we only had played two. And we rolled up and we were just like, how the hell is it going to work? This looks like a whole bunch of like preppy kids doing this. I don't know if this is really like our scene, I guess. It wasn't as bad as when we played in Columbia, which was literally right next to like 
a frat house, like the <laughs> bad guys in Animal House. That's like that's what it looked like. But th- this this was like more subdued, and we were just like I don't know. And then this, and when we came, when it came to our set, we were the second to last band. This place was packed with people like standing room only people and they were like after every song they were just like fuck yeah it was like a roar of of applause after every song and it was felt so great and everybody just loved us and everybody was like like way into it It was like just people like big crowd just moving around everything it was that was great like it was like it was nice because we played some like bigger venues like we played this place called um uh, the what was that place in in um, Chicago called Den the, the Den Theater? Yeah, Den Theater. That place was like like real big and fancy looking, and we felt kind of weird because it felt like we were playing it like a. It like, was their second time ever doing live music. They're, they they yeah. usually do like plays and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool though. Yeah, we played there and we kind of fell out of place, but we got to this house show and we played in this basement in Atlanta, and it was like we were back in Denton. It was yeah. great. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It was it was a great show. Uh, let's talk about Tulsa. Tulsa. Oh yeah, Let, we can talk about yeah. Talk about Tulsa. This is this is not this is kind of a middle. It's not a low. It's not quite a high. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're we played our set in Tulsa. Um. And everything was going pretty normal for a show. Um, second show. I am out with a few friends of mine who live in the city. At the bar next door, we're smoking a cigarette. I turn around and like four to five squad cars pull up around the venue. I thought that bit was getting shut down. Um, but no, they, they kind of waited around for a little bit. They weren't like, they didn't go inside. They didn't like cut anything off. I guess the promoter notices them. Um, they walk outside. They're talking to the officers. Um, eventually the band finishes uh, my buddy, I guess, talks with him for a little bit and then relays back to us, hey, there was a murderer here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He kind of he kind of dressed it up and exaggerated it because he oh, was very drunk. He very embellished it. Yeah, but um, we kind of boiled it down to there was a shooting earlier in the day. This person came to the show to either hide out or just hang out. Um, he just wanted some to good music. He wanted yeah. to support <laughs> local music. Yeah, <laughs> He just wanted left the show where he was then detained by um, Tulsa police. Um, I mean, that's kind of, it's very, it's an interesting day for that guy. Uh, yeah, just like, yeah, I, I shot a person, but now I'm going to go see this man. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I heard they're from Denton, Texas. I don't really know what that is, but, you know. It sounds pretty. I don't have much to live for right now. <laughs> I'm going to live yeah. it up. Uh, what I think there's one last story we want to tell, and that's when we drove through a snowstorm. Um, <laughs> that was so we uh, we're all from Texas here, yeah. So that that's uh, that's a frightening thing for us. Oh, we'll drive was, through a yeah. tornado, but it, that that snow. It was, hell I'm, no. I'm actually from West Virginia, so I, I kind of know. Well, oh a shut up, bit about snow. <laughs> shut up. Nobody cares. I know what it looks like. I know what it tastes like. <laughs> I know what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like John Denver. <laughs> yeah. Um so we uh we finished playing our show in Chicago at the Din Theater, like we said. And then like pretty much everybody at the show is like, damn, hey, y'all y'all should probably leave because there's like a whole bunch of snow coming into town and you should probably just leave tonight and like head in the direction that you need to go so you can like avoid it. So we're like, 
okay, I guess we'll go to Indianapolis. That seems like a good, because our next stop was Cincinnati. We're like, that's on the way. It's not too long of a drive. We can make it through the night, and we wouldn't be too tired when we got there. So we start driving towards Indianapolis, and about an hour in, starts to snow a little bit. <laughs> so we're just like, huh, I thought the snow was coming from the other direction. And then it starts snowing harder and harder and harder and to the point where we can't see the road in front of us. It's snowing so hard. And the only way that we get through is there's cars in front of us and these people have driven through snow before and they know they, you know, they know how to navigate through this stuff. But we're just sitting there. I am gripping the steering wheel. (laughs) I'm like, this is the most harrowing drive of my fucking life. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. We left Chicago at midnight. And we got to Indianapolis at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, uh, <laughs> Wait, how long is that drive between those? Not that long. <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's like, like two, a, it's supposed to be two hours it's from like a two Chicago or, to Indianapolis. It's like a two or three hour drive. Yeah. And Jesus. yeah, it took us forever to get through Fuck it. that. And I was just like, this is the worst thing. And there was multiple times on that drive where I my traction control came on, where I was just like, oh, this car is about to spin out. Um, oh, fuck. I've never been so excited to see a La Quinta in my life. The lady at the La Quinta was very nice because their doors were locked. Like They were like they're in between. It was like four oh, or five in the morning. Right. It was kind of their in-between thing. They haven't started check-in yet. Um, but she let us in, and breakfast had just started. Yeah, I, I was kissing the ice on the ground as I got out of the car. I'm like, oh, my God. I um, was not confident in Zach getting us there. No, nobody was sleeping at I don't that moment. Yeah. Was anybody in the car sleeping? Oh, no. Yeah. No, everybody was just like wide awake. Just like, this is how we die. Uh, Who's going to be the Cliff Burton? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Nose oh, goes. I was expecting like a the beginning of misery type situation where we're just yeah. like. Yeah, where we have to pull off into like a like a cottage, yeah, and like somebody you know uh, knocks her ankles off. And anyway, anyway, um, yeah, but I ended up this. There was so much snow that I couldn't see the parking spots. I ended up parking in the the like lined off area for the handicap spot, (laughs) (laughs) and I felt like the hugest asshole. Like because I was sitting there and I was like, "Why is everybody so close to me? Like, why is everybody parked so close?" It was like because it's not a real spot, asshole. Like I didn't notice until the the morning. Because the snow had melted, and I got in, I got out there, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a fucking asshole." <laughs> but nobody told me because, like, they knew that I couldn't see the spot, so oh, I was yeah. like, I immediately moved my car. I felt like a biggest asshole. <laughs> but no, the the woman who was running the front desk at the La Quinta was the nicest. Like, she was just like, "I'm about to make breakfast if you want any," and then she's like, "I'm gonna just ring this up as you coming in. Like, I'm gonna ring this up as a new day, so you don't have to check out until noon of the next day." So that's cool. Oh, that's and I was cool. just like, I was like, "Hell yes!" Shout out to you. Yeah. Whoever you are. Whoever you are. You, <laughs> I can remember you, her name. Maybe she's listening. Yeah, you sweet angel. That you. may have been God. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure nah. it was like Sherry or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it was like Close. Phyllis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was tour stories. Uh, do we have another segment that now we have a noise for? Hey, listen. Uh, this yeah, is. Uh, I'm back, baby. This is what we're <laughs> listening to. Just, yeah, we'll go Fuck. first. Uh, do you not know what you're listening to? I know, I know what I'm listening to, but I... You want I, me to go first? Go first, yeah. We'll go first, and then you guys can talk, because it's our turn to talk. Um, I've been listening to uh, two things. Um, I guess they're uh, metal band architects from uh, the UK. Uh, don't know really how I got into that, but I've been very into them recently, and um, hopefully going to go see them soon when they come to Dallas. Uh, and I've been... And, 
here I've got I gotta uh, enunciate here. Listening to the band Daughter, not Daughters, even though we all know I love Daughters. But the band, yeah, I knew that. The band Daughter, <laughs> their uh, first LP, If You Leave, which is a complete, like a stark contrast to Daughters, which Did is you like say Daughter or Daughtry, uh, Daughtry. <laughs> Um, actually shine down yeah so those are the two things I've been listening to Uh, Hagen you want me to talk more it's it's good it's good I'm I'm fine Um, swag I'm fine Uh, uh, I was gonna talk about architects too Um, boo man that album is great Holy Hell? Yeah, Holy Hell is, is such a good album. I, 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 I had, it's, it's a damn shame, too, because that's their first album without their uh, like lead songwriter. Their guitarist died like, right. a, a year ago. Well, I don't listen... I only really like listened to one other album of theirs, uh, Hollow Crown, and that album was really good, and everything else I'd heard after that just didn't really get like do anything for me. But this album, like that... Oh, man, it hits so hard. It's like uh, a lot of screaming uh, music doesn't always have tonality in the screaming. Yeah. Or a wide range of tonality. But uh, he sings under the screams, and then the screams actually have some more range tonally, which I really like about it. So it's, it's easier for someone like me to sing because I'm not going to scream. To someone For someone to hear like like genuine pitch within a scream is crazy. And, like that's, that, that's one of the coolest parts about specific metal bands is actually like hearing them make a conscious decision to not just scream something, but it's like they're writing a melody line with the scream. And that just, that just blows me away every time. Somebody needs to teach cannibal corpse how to do that. Um, (laughs) corpse grinder needs to get out of target. If you don't know about that YouTube video of a corpse grinder, uh, going through target, it's an amazing YouTube video. Doesn't matter if you don't like cannibal corpse. It's incredible. Have you watched any of their live videos, uh, Architects? Because he sings like that live, so it, it's not just studio magic, which That's is cool. why I want to go see yeah. them live, because it's not just shit. So I've been listening to that. Uh, I've been listening to Dawes a whole lot. Um, I've talked about this guy named Theo Katzman before on the podcast, and he's incredible. He's a member of Wolfpack. I'm a cat man, too. Cat man. Um, but so uh, his keyboard player, Lee Pardini, plays in this band called Dawes, and Dawes is like a weird... I don't want to call them country because they're not country. They, they they sound like a band out of Nashville. Don't throw shit at me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> they, do, they do sound like that. Yeah, they, they sound like a band out of Nashville. They don't sound like a country band, but they, I mean, like, they, they have, like, the vibe of it. Um, and uh, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Periphery released two new songs, and Sarah Bareilles released two new songs, three new songs. And uh, they're all great. And I'm ready for both their albums to come out on April 5th. They both come out on April 5th. I don't know what I'm going to fucking do with myself. Not by so either of the albums. I've already bought both of them. Oh. <laughs> and don't <laughs> pre-order like shaking shit. over here, just like. <laughs> but but I had to pre-order the vinyls. No, but you shouldn't pre-order anything. But like we'll the... get into this later. I'm not going to get on my high horse right now. <laughs> Periphery won't print it. That's the oh, that's the only time you can get it. Well, that's good news. They won't print more. Um, <laughs> do they hate their fans? Yeah, what the fuck? Metal bands don't do vinyl that much. Like, 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 especially like gent bands. Like, they don't do. Oh yeah, they don't do. It's, I, not, it's not a thing really for them. Side, side note: I do have 
a vinyl of the Joy of Motion, the Animals as yeah. Leaders record. It's it's hard to find that shit. It, it exists, is. but yeah. like they, they don't. It's not it's not a big thing. You can just go on Animals Leaders website and go. I'd like to get all of your vinyl, please. Right. It's just not. It's yeah, just they not had made a post on their Facebook page, and that was how I saw it. They were just like, "Hey, we have like three more of these left," and I'm like, "I'm going to be one of those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, what are you guys listening to? Um, I would like to talk about new and local bands that I'm listening to and then can I talk about just bands that I like? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> conflicting answers here. Um, so locally and new right now, I'm really into Laura Like Hey. She's on tour yeah, God, right now. Yeah, she's crushing it right sounds, now. Oh my God. She's crushing it right now. I don't know now. how she got on that tour, but Because she's like one of the hardest working musicians yeah. she plays right now. A, <laughs> a show every night. Yeah. Yeah. She just busts her ass. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Um, Sub-Sahara is one of my favorite local bands right now. I love Sub-Sahara. Um, we're really good friends with Rose Garden Funeral Party, and they just released a new single that sounds really good. I was really genuinely impressed with like the production quality mm-hmm. and the songwriting of that single that they just put out. It was so good. Once in a while is what it is. Yeah, 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 once in a while. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you. I'm going to pause one second. Last night I was in Deep Ellum after our gig, and I, uh, we were at High and Tight, and I went out the back door of High and Tight. And Leah, Leah's a good friend. She's been on the podcast before. And so I, I'm talking to the to the door guy at the back door, and, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And these people are climbing over a fence right next to an exit of the bar next door. It wasn't Armory. It was whatever the other one is on the other side. Climbing The record over. bar? Uh, I think yeah, I think that's it. I yeah. think that was the, I think it was that one. Um, but so they're climbing over the exit, uh, the, the, the fence, and the exit's just like right next to it. And he's like, what the fuck? why are they climbing over the fence? I'm like, oh, that's weird. Guy looks familiar. It's the synth player in Rose Garden Funeral Park. Oh, it's Leo. What is she doing? Why is she doing that? And then she just like laughs and runs away. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? What are they getting away from? What do they do? Yeah. I'm going to ask her later about this. <laughs> it was yeah. so weird. It was so weird. Okay, go ahead. Um, Influence-wise or just bands that I like? Um, I mentioned earlier Thurston Moore. I'm a really big fan of Sonic Youth. Can they be considered shoegaze? Yeah, well, they kind of take the same approach to shoegaze that we do. They take a really punk rock kind right. of approach they, to that style of music. They were once described as art punk. Because now thinking about it, if yeah. they can be considered shoegaze, I think they're bigger than My Bloody Valentine. Uh, they're more. They're I feel not... like they they influence. They definitely influence Kevin Shields. He, yeah. he mentions them a lot. But they're yeah. more noise rock than anything. They're not yeah. really yeah. shoegaze. They're a punk yeah. rock. They're a punk rock band. Yeah. And I, I say the same thing about Rayclone. Like at our core, we're a punk rock band. Yeah. Um, that. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to figure out how to get Radiohead off my Spotify history. I don't. <laughs> if anyone can send us an email with instructions on how to like get that, so people don't see it. <laughs> You're uh, in the right place talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everyone in this room fucking hates Radiohead. Yeah, I definitely love... don't have their master tape over there. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't touch it. I love The Cure. I love Old New Wave. I love I love like retro synth wavy stuff like Laserhawk. It's been really big for me recently. Yeah, Hagen um, starts out the show with a laser honk, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I kind of grew up on, on. I grew up with punk. Um, I loved like the Clash 
and Minor Threat and Black Flag and all those bands and Dead Kennedys. That's kind of what got me into playing music. And I still, even in like a shoegaze band, I carry that with me. That's great. <laughs> Zach? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you basically stole everything that I was going to say. Um, no, I'm just joking. Except uh, Radiohead. Except, except Radiohead. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all the local bands that I also enjoy at the, right now. Um, my girlfriend recently got me into a, a band called TV Girl. I don't know if anybody here has ever heard of TV Girl. They're still tiny. Uh, but they're really, they're like um, bedroom pop type stuff. And uh, I'm a real big fan of that if it's done really well and they're really good. So I would highly recommend them. Uh, also, other local bands that I really like uh, Born Snapped. Born Snapped, I listen to a lot. They're just. So, I haven't heard of them. So, so good. Oh, they're like. A, they're like a the Jesus lizard. lizard. Or, yeah, they're yeah. like a Jesus lizard worship band essentially, okay. but they're they're really really good. They're, and it's like made up of like some stellar musicians. So yeah. Um, as far as stuff that I just normally listen to, I'm actually I listen to Prince a lot. I'm like a big Prince fan, like a huge Prince fan. Uh, I also am a huge gigantic Pink Floyd fan. Uh, probably my favorite band of all time is Pink Nerd. Floyd. I know, and <laughs> like my biggest guitar influence is probably David Gilmour. But I mean, it's everybody's just like that's dad rock, and I just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't think that's dad rock. Uh, dude's a lot such of- an asshole. Zach is kind of like the the band dad. Who David Gilmore? Roger Waters is a huge. Roger asshole. Waters, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, Roger Waters. Is I a fucking piece of hate crap. that guy. Yeah, he's like a, with a passion. He's a fucking asshole. The, the day he goes, I'm not gonna give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, man, no, that guy is an asshole. Not a day goes by that yeah. Rolling Stone and Pitchfork don't say Roger Waters bitches about some other thing. Yeah, yeah I hate Roger oh. Waters. Uh, David Gilmore's a sweet dude. Uh, he's that's why I like. Sorry, him. David Gilmore. I didn't mean you. <laughs> that other asshole you know he's listening <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i listen to pink floyd a lot I, I listen to just like a lot of like 70s progressive stuff like yes i'm a big yes fan nerd yeah um i didn't do this to you i didn't, I didn't do this to you <laughs> i wouldn't have stopped you we did it yeah. don't worry <laughs> uh you're just gonna cut in just nerd underneath nerd. everything yeah. yeah well he's gonna cut he's gonna cut the nerd over here and then you're gonna call yourself a nerd. <laughs> i've still toyed with uh, the idea of um taking everyone's words that they've said here and jumbling them to make them say very compromising things. <laughs> you want to put that much work into this like I do. do it like yeah. i'm giving please. you my full consent please okay. chop and screw this thing just like <laughs> like i've wanted to like make people say some like crazy like conspiracy theories that kind of stuff nothing that'll get them in trouble but like i mean and obviously Maybe it's gonna say sound some alex nuts. jones shit fucking go yeah. for didn't it you, did, didn't you almost do that to ad the singer of the boombox yeah on our first episode yeah i was gonna say something about 9-11 but i didn't <laughs> in like i was gonna chop him up and it's gonna sound like shit it's gonna sound like chef on that uh south park episode but yeah yeah eric clapton is trying to steal everyone's pants <laughs> see I, <laughs> that wasn't me fyi <laughs> that was real uh it was though um anyway uh other bands that i just really like uh i am a Huge fan of Slipknot. Um, <laughs> oh my God! Yes, Eric Hagen. Clapton touched Slipknot in the gear hole. <laughs> Hagen is a uh, uh, a maggot. So, I am. Uh, I am. I have a number. I, I'm actually. I'm actually not gonna lie. I do actually legitimately like Slipknot. Yes, and, and I don't care what anybody says. They're good. 
I legitimately enjoy them. Yes, they're fucking great. They're so good. Also, have you seen them live? Like it's seriously? So good. It's, yeah. it's, it's so powerful. The energy is incredible. And I, I feel like I'm like, like the only person who is totally fine with Joey Jordison being gone. Me too. The, because the fucking drummer, it's a uh, fuck. It's, it's, What's his uh, name? Bruce Springsteen's uh, yeah, drummer, some yeah. Max something. Weinberg, or something. Yeah, oh, yeah that's his son. Yeah, it's his son. Yeah, it's the son of the, the it's yeah. something Weinberg. But they are the two of them together are a kill. Like I mean, like that family is incredible, and and he played drums for Springsteen, like his son did. His yeah. son did that and some other big band, and then played with Slipknot. And he's younger than I don't know how old you guys are, but he's younger than me. Uh, you know what band I'll say outright that I fucking hate. Go ahead. The Eagles. Uh, well, uh, man. Fucking hate the Eagles, <laughs> just, man. I don't know if you've listened to this podcast at all, but man, you just touched on a great subject. <laughs> I won't get into it, but somebody here went on tour with the Eagles. Hell yeah. It's not me. Can we, can we cut deduction. there? Can we cut there? <laughs> well, is just, that the end of the episode? It's a new segment at the, at the end. No, we gotta give them some props. Talk about the Eagles. They just gave you shit. <laughs> they didn't... It, by proxy, they gave you shit. Yeah. Oh, it's el- okay. It's anything okay. else uh, while we're all on our soapboxes? Anything? I nope. fucking hate Weezer. Oh, I like Weezer. I do fucking hate that band Pavement. Speaking of Weezer. <laughs> yeah, fuck okay. Pavement. I really hate Pavement. And and just, I don't know. People love that. I fucking don't like them. I just don't like the way they sound. It's the same people who like Tame Impala, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... Uh, you can find us. You already found us if you're listening to this, so I'm not going to tell you where to find us. Uh, where can people find you guys and your music and whatnot? Mm, uh, well, all of our stuff, even the new album, is on Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, Google Play. It's all that stuff. We do all that online distribution, all the all the online distribution stuff. We also have a SoundCloud. Uh, but we don't have any of the new stuff on SoundCloud. We normally just put demos on there just for shits and giggles. Uh, we have a band camp, uh, just, and, uh, we have a YouTube channel and we have a Facebook page yeah. and an we'll, Instagram. Uh, we'll link so. all that below. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> you guys, uh, I just did that into the mic and I just said this, so I can't cut it now. Um, uh, so you guys have a couple shows coming up in the near future. Uh, one yeah. this weekend, the 16th, right? Yeah, it's going to be at Lola's Saloon in Fort Worth. It's called Spilt Milk Fest. It's a, a weird mixture of math rock bands and shoegaze bands. Um, I looked at the bill. There's like a few like poppy punk band-ish stuff in there too for some reason. Um, I, I guess that's hence that, the name Spilt Milk. I don't know. And that at, at was basically a country bar in Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah. L- yeah, Lola's Saloon yeah, and Trailer Park. Yeah. I love Lola's. It's a great place. That's a great Venn diagram yeah. right there. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're also, like, the next show after that is going to be a 420 show. It's a 420 fest. It's actually with uh, Heavy Baby Sea Slugs. And, Where is it? Um, it is... Do you know? It's Backyard on Bell, right? Backyard on Bell, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Heavy Baby Sea Slugs and, like, uh, who else is gonna be on? There's some other... Is there a flyer? There is a flyer. a flyer. Pull up the flyer. It's a neat flyer. We're gonna pull up the flyer. You can just... <laughs> you can just edit around yeah, this. Yeah, I can just... Uh, <laughs> 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 Zach Zander. 
<laughs> you really, you really stuck on that, aren't you? I just can't think of any other insults uh, to clearly. call you. <laughs> uh, it's called acid. Bitch. It's <laughs> called acid Kool Aid Four Twenty Freakout. Uh, it's got heavy baby sea slugs, mother tongues, sun buzz, uh, Helen Kelter Skelter. Oh, they're that band's awesome. amazing. Yeah. So good. The, the if cu- you haven't listened to them, the Kush is playing as well. Uh, the Kush is really good. Uh, also, Ray Clone's on it. Uh, we're on there. I've heard about we're them. Bl- we're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Maestro Maya, Heavy Pulp, and Straps, and Pink Fuzz. Uh, so it's a lot of different, those types of like psychedelic type bands. Yeah. So that it's good. Like it's a good time. That's, it's that's... like a bunch of psych rock bands and then us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, always the odd band out. And Heavy Baby Sea Slugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but it is Backyard on Belt for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds like a good time. Um, Huh, how do I get us out of this episode? Um, We're all gonna the, exit through the gear hole. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let, 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 let's all let's all together take one giant step through the gear hole and leave this fucking podcast. 